Hebrews 11 and verse 32. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. Let's pray over the word as we receive it today. Father, we bless your name and we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's active and that it's alive. And we thank you, Lord, that it's good and profitable to teach us in the way that we should go. And I thank you, Lord, that you use it to encourage us, strengthen us and build us up today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thinking a little bit on Father's Day as I was even getting ready this morning, I jotted this down at the top of my notes, uh, that a good man is a miracle from the Lord. Isn't it? If you've known enough men, a good one is a miracle from the Lord. Only he could do it, couldn't he? Only he could make a man good. And it's a miracle and it's a blessing. And, And getting ready for this, I was... Uh, thinking back on what I shared last Father's Day, June of 2022. I'm sure y'all remember it. Really, I didn't remember it. Off the top of my head, I didn't remember it. And, and I think that that's important to mention. You know, I can pull some ideas and I think something might have been from last year, something might have been from the year before. Um, you know, a few things stand out. But what I realize is, is it's not about remembering or memorizing what comes across each week, it's about opening myself up to the Lord and to his word as much as possible, Amen. because something is happening. It builds my faith and faith is how we overcome over and over hearing and engaging and putting into practice, participating in his word and what's coming forth out of it. So as we continue talking about the life of faith, last week we started out at the beginning of this where he said, time's too short for me to tell about all these uh, folks that walked by faith. And what we learned is we're not alone in this life of faith, that um, we are not unique in what we deal with. And also this life of faith is not dependent upon me. Aren't you glad? It's not based on me, what I can do or who I am. It's based in and through him. And I'm not the main character. He is. And today there's going to be more of that. We're going to go through this list that he gave here after he named off those names. Some of what is available in this walk of faith. Some of the things we deal with in this life of faith as we hear the truth and respond in faith that we see as he sees. We realize that he is ultimate, that he is enough, that he is right, that he is here with me. Amen. And that he will, like we said, he will carry me until I can stand and he will stand with me until I can walk and he will walk with me until I can run and he will run with me until I can fly. So he starts here and says time is too short. It means this this 
chapter could have kept going. He said, if I named off everybody, it could have kept going. And he gives some of these names and some things that were accomplished either through them or during that time uh, by faith. Showing me not just what they did, but what the life of faith, which is being commended to me, what it includes. And so we're going to walk through these things uh, today. Some of the things that the people of God, the people of faith do. Uh, some of the things that the people of faith experience in their life. Of course, this is Father's Day. The men have been on my heart this week as I've been going through this text. I was, I was wrestling with it a little bit. Wanted to jump out and do something different. God, can, I'll just do a standalone one for Father's Day. I could go to this verse in Proverbs. I could go here. And he kept me right here in Hebrews 11. And ladies, there's obviously there's plenty of stuff in here for you. Uh, faith doesn't care. Amen. Uh, this will apply to all of us. But it says that by faith, some things happened. Time's too short for me to tell about all of these people. Verse 33, who by faith conquered kingdoms. Who by faith conquered kingdoms. You're telling me there's more than one kingdom out there in there. There's more than one kingdom. When we're talking about a kingdom, we want to know who's the king and what's the range or the reach of his effective will. What he wants done, where does it get done? That's a kingdom. When there's a king and he has a range of his effective will, well, there's several of those. And what we see is faith takes ground from other kingdoms. The first kingdom it takes ground from is in my own heart. Where my mind, my heart, my soul would say, well, it's my world. No, it's not your world. Well, it's my rule. No, it's not your rule. Well, it's my way. No, it's not my way. It's not your way. That's the first ground that the kingdom of God takes, that the kingdom of God conquers. Faith subdues the kingdom of my own heart, wins it over for King Jesus. Faith conquers lesser kingdoms with the better. Again, first in my own heart and then in the areas that I am in, you see the kingdom taking ground. That's the first thing. By faith, the kingdom takes ground in my own heart first and then out through me and get to the next one. It says, by faith, they administered justice. By faith, they conquered kingdoms and then they administered justice or righteousness that things would be as they should be. In other words, you do the work of the kingdom that has conquered you. You administer justice and righteousness. You bring order out of chaos. That when you're walking by faith, if you're walking into chaos, the chaos isn't in you. And the order that's in you by faith begins to be introduced into the areas where you are, both for me and for others, both for you and the ones that you are around. That by faith is this truth that's getting in your heart. Your, your heart is conquered for the kingdom of God. You begin to decide and work and live to see change in you first and then in the world around you. By faith, they conquered kingdoms. By faith, they administered Justice, And it says, by faith, they obtained promises. You begin to lay hold of the things that you used to only hear about. You begin to lay hold of the things that you didn't think could happen for you. You didn't think could be true for you. You didn't think could be real for you. You begin to lay hold of those things that you used to only hear about. Oh, wait, I can I can have this. 
in life. I can be like this in this life. I can do these things because faith hears. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and then faith obtains what it is that it hears. And you can see in these, these names, and in these first three points, a model for even our salvation, can't you? A view of your salvation, kingdom conquered, your heart conquered, administrating justice, righteousness being put into place, and then you begin to obtain the promises set aside for you by the Lord himself, by faith that conquered kingdoms, administered justice, by faith they obtained promises. And then it says, by faith, and we're just following down the list here. It's a long list with a lot of commas. By faith, they shut the mouths of lions. By faith, they shut the mouths of lions. Now, one of the names in here is Samson. We know that Samson killed a lion on the road with his bare hands. A lion that had been tormenting the area, threatening the people. I'm sure you were scared to let your kid out when there was a lion on the road. Samson killed the lion with his bare hands, tore it in half. But it also reminds me of what it says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. That we're to be sober minded and alert because our adversary, the devil, is prowling about as a roaring lion looking for anyone that he can devour. It said by faith, they closed the mouths of lions. When you've received the truth, you can close the mouth of the lie both in your life and in the lives of those around you. You can close the mouth of lions, both for yourself and for others by faith. You become a protector against that which would otherwise devour. By faith, they close the mouth of lions. By faith, they quenched the raging fire. Quenched the raging fire. That, that, that made me think about temper a little bit there. <laughs> made me think about temperament a little bit there. You remember when you couldn't control yourself and now you can control yourself better by faith. By faith, they quenched, that's a hard word for me to say, the raging fire, both in me and around me. Again, chaos coming under control. Power and strength even on the inside of you, coming under control by faith, they quenched the raging fire and brought what? Peace. You see these things, these things that are threatening the mouth of a lion, these things that are chaotic and overtaking a raging fire, shut and quenched by faith. By faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. You live on the edge, you're going to get cut, right? Now your life may not be perfect, but if you've been walking with Christ, you're not as close to the edge as you used to be, are you? How many of you used to wake up on the edge? Go to bed on the edge. Like I can't handle anything else happening. I'm going to lose it. Aren't you glad that faith brings you back from the edge? Aren't you glad that understanding and learning the truth, having it on the inside of you as it begins to take effect, brings you back from that edge? Now, we still wander up to it sometimes. But by faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. 
pull me off the ledge and put solid ground under my feet. And you'll have issues and we'll see that more further in the text. But you won't always be inches from destruction. Amen. By faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. I really like these next ones. I like all of them. I really like these next ones. By faith, they escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness. By faith, gained strength in weakness. By faith, they gained strength in weakness. Have you ever been weak and by faith been strengthened? Have you ever been weak and by faith been strengthened? Whether it's a moment of weakness, he brought strength. Whether it was areas of weakness in your life, this is an area that I'm weak and he would bring strength either through wisdom, right? Just learning how to do things the right way and learning how to administer things the right way, gain strength in weakness, again, in areas of my life, in moments of my life, things that used to lay me down, now I'm walking over them. Strength in weakness. Things that used to close my mouth now have to listen to my voice. Strength in weakness. His strength is perfect when it's paired with my weakness. That's what scripture tells us. Because his grace is sufficient. When you are weak, strength has to come from somewhere outside of you. Right? Because you're weak. It has to come from somewhere outside of you. Where's yours coming from? When you're weak, where is your strength coming from? When we're weak, we're looking for it. We're seeking after it. Where's yours coming from? It has to come from outside of you because you're weak. Strength has to come from the outside when we're weak. And it says, by faith, we receive strength and weakness. Became strong in and through weakness. We gained it because faith turns to and presses into him. By faith, gained strength in weakness. Became mighty in battle and put foreign armies to flight. Became mighty in battle and put foreign armies to flight. And this feeds from the last point. When we're weak and strength has come from the outside by faith, it comes from him. When we become mighty in battle, it comes from him. Where did they become mighty? In the battle. They became mighty in the battle. In the course of this life of faith and in all of these preceding points, all of these different things, you're going to have to battle. You're going to battle. And by faith, he will make you mighty in the battle. And this isn't talking about fist fighting somebody that cuts you off at the red light or honks at you or looks at you bad. And if you've seen videos of those, they don't look near as cool as they think they're going to as a fist fight at the red light. Might think, you know, you think in your mind, I bet it would look like this. It just like looks like two grown men rolling around on the ground, getting all dirty and cut up. It's not about 
Using our strength that way, that's a misappropriation of the strength and the ability and the authority that God has given us. Talking about the battles of standing for what's right, even when it's difficult. Doing the right thing, even when it's harder on me in the short term. It's what we were made for. We were made, if you go all the way back to Genesis, we were made to tend and to defend. To cultivate and protect. That's what we were made to do. Preserving the weaker among us and growing something good. Cultivating the kingdom around us. Remember, what's the kingdom? The king's authority and the range of his effective will. We were made to cultivate the kingdom and that results in a battle. Because there are other kingdoms. We were made to carry a weight. We were made to do that. We think we don't want to carry a weight until we don't carry one and then we wish we would have been carrying one. We were made to bear a good and a right burden in a good and a right way. What we're tempted to do when we face a battle, when there's difficulty in front of us, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, we're tempted to shrink back. We're tempted to step away. We're tempted to remove ourselves completely from the situation so that we won't have to deal with it. Let me tell you what you're doing. When you do that, you are rewiring your brain to tell yourself that what you just turned away from is a scary thing. And the next time you face it, guess what? It's going to be even easier, more compelling to run away than it is to stand your ground. That's what this is the old saying, get back on the horse. That's why they say that. Because if you don't, then even the sight of that horse is going to bring fear about on the inside of you. You were created to carry a weight. You were created for a good and a right burden in a good and right way. And we don't launch off into things in foolishness. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying by faith, we become mighty in the battle. When we're stretched, we get stronger. When we experience resistance, we get stronger when we engage it in the right way. It's what we were made to do. We were just made to do it in partnership with him. And when we try to do it on our own, we fall short. We fall down. We get hurt. We hurt other people. But by faith, seeing the way that he sees, seeing into the things that he sees, we aren't like those that draw back, like it says in Hebrews 10. We're like those that live by faith. They became mighty in battle. You won't become mighty in battle if you don't get in the battle. If you don't get in 
the battle. If you don't take yourself through these things by faith, conquering kingdoms, administrating justice, obtaining promises, shutting the mouths of lions, quenching the raging fire, escaping the edge of the sword, gaining strength and weakness and mighty in battle, putting the foreign armies to flight. Meaning the, 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 the work that's going on that shouldn't be going on, he put them to flight because they became mighty in battle. You have to set your mind not on stopping or looking for a reason to quit, looking for a reason to pause. If you're looking for one, you're going to find one. If you're looking for a reason to quit, to stay out of this life of faith, you're going to find one if that's what you're looking for. But you don't set your mind on stopping. You set your mind on finishing. And I heard a story just here a few weeks ago that the Lord reminded me of when I was going through this and thinking on this, uh, we went to a graduation in Little Rock for my niece and the keynote speaker they had at the graduation was Madre Hill. And some of you may know who he is. Some of you may not. He was one of the more famous running backs in Arkansas Razorback history. He was there in the nineties. It's been a little while and his son was in the graduating class. And so they were able to get him to be the commencement speaker, to give the commencement address. And he told about how he was coming out of high school as one of the top recruits in the country, thought he was something, even though he was, and he was something, even though he was coming out of Malvern, Arkansas, and he committed to the University of Arkansas and he made it to campus and in his first practice, he's there and the other running backs are there and uh, they're running through the offensive drills where the quarterback would turn and hand the ball off to one of the running backs. And he said, I'm watching these other running backs. They'd get the ball, they'd run through the line, they'd go about five or six yards and then they would stop, they'd turn around and they'd come back. And each one would do that. He said, but when it was my turn, I got the ball, I went about five or six yards and I stopped, the coach started yelling at me. And said, Madre, I want you to run all the way to the end zone. Run all the way to the end zone. He's like, end zone, 60 yards away. So he runs 60 yards to the end zone, comes back. The other guys are going through their drills. Five or six yards, stop, turn around, come back. He would get the ball again, do his drill. Coach tell him, all the way to the end zone. Again, whether they were on the 20 and he had 20 yards to run or whether they're all the way back here on the 10, he's got to go 90 yards in this drill to turn around and come back. And every day in practice, it was like that. And he started to get upset and he went in and met with the coach and he said, coach, I don't feel like you're being fair to me. Why are you, you're, you're being tougher on me. Why are you being like this? You're singling me out. And he said, Madre, you're just a freshman, but... You have the talent to be our starting running back this year. And when you get that ball, I don't want you to be thinking about stopping after five or six yards. I want you to be ready, built up, mentally prepared, physically prepared to take it to the end zone every time. To take it to the end zone every time. And he said that first game, he wasn't the starting running back. The other running back was in there. They hand the ball off to him. And guess what he would do? Run about five or six yards, which isn't bad. Five or six yards is good. But Madre said when he got in the game and they handed him the ball, he felt the difference because he was already looking to finish and not to stop. 
He was looking to take it all the way. In his mind, he was already committed that I'm going to run this ball as far as I can and as hard as I can to get to the end zone. And it just really blessed my heart because how how quick are we to go? Well, I did my five or six yards. I went five or six yards. That's what I was ready to do. And that's what I got done. And that's not bad. You average five or six yards, you're going to be a decent running back. You'd be fine. But if you plan on, I'm carrying this all the way to the end. If your eyes are set on the goal afar off, how much more off? Did he make it to the end zone every time? No, but he was trying. They had to drag him down to the ground, trying to keep him from reaching that end zone because that's where his mind, his heart, and his body wanted to go. Why? Because that was the expectation that he put on it. That was the expectation that he put on it. We need to do that in this life of faith. We need to set that in ourselves. And I'm not just going to go a few steps and then stop. I'm not just going to play at this. When I get the ball, I'm ready to run. And I'm ready to take it as far as I can for the kingdom of God. We don't need to plan on when we're going to stop. We need to plan on how we're going to finish, even if we're just getting started. Verse 35 said, women received their dead raised to life again. They received their dead raised to life again. We've seen that happen. We've seen men that were as good as dead. Men that might as well have been dead. That weren't good to their parents, their wife, their family. We've seen them resuscitated. We've seen them brought back. From the dead to life again. I've seen it over and over and over. We've lived it. Some of us have lived it. Where we've been, as, as one brother said, checked out. We've been checked out. And he checked us back in. By faith. By faith, women receive their dead. Resuscitated to life again. We live to see it more. We want to see it more because we know it's true and we know it happens and we know it works. Amen. The last part of verse 35. Tone changes a little bit here. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they died by the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Who's he talking about? The prophets, the apostles, they endured this type of treatment. Why? Because they stood for the truth. Because they stood for what God said, even when culture was going a different direction. Even when the kingdoms of this world seemed to hold power and seemed to hold sway, they nevertheless stood for the truth. What was good and right and from the Lord and of faith. That's what they stood for. And they endured many of these things. And they did it all for the truth. Is the truth worth enduring for? Always. Always. 
You just have to see it clearly. You better see it clearly or you're not going to endure even the first thing on this. Other people were tortured. Do you see that clearly? I'm checking out. If I don't see it clearly, that's where I'm dropping the rope. Torture? Yeah. That's a little intimidating. I better see real clearly what it is that I'm holding on to. I better know it. It better be wrapped around my heart tight enough that I I, I don't ever want to let it go. And that's what they did. And they did it by faith. And again, I want to remind us as we finish up that each step of this, regardless of it, 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 whether it seems like they're coming out on top or it seems like they're at the bottom, they were never alone. In the winds, they weren't alone. In the difficult, in the dire situations, they were never, ever alone. It reminds me of what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. The very end in chapter 28, he said, remember, I'm with you always, even until the end. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. So again, just as the other verses were meant to teach us about faith and how to walk and live this life of faith Their story is our story. You see that there? All these were approved through their faith. Not because of what they won, not because of what they endured, not because of what they knew or didn't know. They were approved through their faith, but they didn't receive what was promised. He's talking about in this life, they didn't receive it. Why? God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. There were more Gentiles yet to come in. There was more people yet to come in to be included in this chapter 11 faith. And we live it. Until when? Until the end. All the way to the end zone, to the end of the age. We live it. It's what we were made to do. That's why nothing else feels quite right. Feels right. Stops being right, doesn't it? It's what we were made for was to live this life of faith, to live it in Him, to add our name to the list of the folks that trusted in Him above all else, that by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, shut the mouths of lions, escaped the edge of the sword, quenched the raging fire. Our name goes on the list if we carry it to the end. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the life of faith. We're not the life of our accomplishments where we met the requirements, but the life of faith where we were brought in even and, and mainly because we didn't meet the requirements we were brought in because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You did something that we could have never thought you would have been able to do, which was take us from where we were to where we now are and where you're going to take us at the end. God, I thank you. I thank you for the weight that we were made to carry, the battles we were made to fight. And I thank you that you don't leave us alone in them. I thank you that we don't stand alone. We, we stand in uh, the midst 
of many witnesses, as Hebrews 12 will tell us. And more importantly, you are there with us each step of the way. All of those that came before, all of those exploits listed, they couldn't have done any of that if it wasn't for you. They wouldn't have done any of those things if it wasn't for you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are building in us the stamina. You are building in us by faith, the perseverance to not stop, not give up, not turn to the left or to the right. But by faith, see clearly both who you are, what your kingdom is, what it represents and what it is worth, which is more than everything we could imagine. I thank you that by faith we can see as you see. By faith, we can be approved. By faith, we can be part of the family. And by faith, we can carry out the things that you've given us to do. Lord, I thank you for the fathers. I thank you for the men that stand in that role. Lord, as I, as I heard somebody quip today, life doesn't come with an instruction book. And so you gave us a father. And even us fathers know that you didn't give us an instruction book either, other than your word, your truth, your life. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you take us where we don't know what it is we're supposed to be. And you make us into what we always wanted to be and just didn't know it. I thank you that as we're faithful, you're more faithful. And as we're consistent, you are more consistent. I thank you, Lord, that you have great grace and mercy towards us. That you give us peace and chaos. Strength and weakness. And you make us mighty in battle. Father, I thank you that you'll help us to stand for the things that need to be stood for. To do the things that need to be done. To hold the ground that needs to be held and put to flight. The foreign armies that would try to dwell in the land and do things their way. But we convert them a different way, don't we? By turning the hearts of more men and more women and more children to you so that this life of faith continues. And Lord, when you've given us the ball that we don't seek to just carry it a few steps and stop, we're going to take it all the way to the end. All the way to the end. Lord, as we get ready to go today, we pray for those that aren't here with us, Lord, we know we had several impacted by the storms. I thank you that you helped clear all of that up real quick. Lord, if they're weak in their body, that you strengthen them and give them peace. If they're working, that they do so as unto you and to glorify their Father in heaven. And if they're traveling, Lord, keep them safe. Your angels of protection and camped around about them to hold them up in their hands or deliver them safely back home to us. And Lord, as we start this week, that we do so with you in mind constantly aware of you, constantly in communication with you so that we can see clearly, follow you closely, and love you more deeply. Our God who is able to do more than we can ask or think. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.